Come chat with Libby, Molly, and Samantha, the ladies of Consignment Chats, as we build a resourceful community of collaborative resellers. Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode 127 of Consignment Chats. Samantha, how are you? I am good. Hello. Good. Our friend Libby is not with us today, but Samantha and I are going to talk about something that we both love and that Samantha helps um, control me some when she can. But we are going to talk sourcing shenanigans, y'all, because you know sourcing can just get wild and crazy. We're going to break down sourcing because although we are consignment chats, we are not all consignment. We are for resellers, too, because we do both. All of us dabble in a little both, right? I think it kind of stair steps, doesn't it? How much we do of what? Yeah. Mine depends on the seasons. That's right. And why is that, Samantha? I... Uh, we don't have a lot of thrift stores around here. And I live in the great frozen north where we only have garage sales a couple of months out of the year. A <laughs> couple of months, the lights come on and they're like ready to roll. Ready to <laughs> yeah. roll. I know. And I thought it would be fun to talk about this because for everybody now, we are actually in yard sale season. This is it. Mm-hmm. For everybody, this is the season. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I love this season. Oh, yeah. Love Best. it. And sometimes, do you research, like, do you go through and research your yard sales? So I, (laughs) insider tip, just run a bunch of Facebook groups. I run the only Facebook group in our area for garage sales and yard sales. So they used to be the newspaper. That's classifieds aren't a thing anymore. And then Craigslist had them for a little bit. There's tons of apps out there, but nobody in my area uses any of those apps. I tried. I tried to make them a thing. So I took over a group that was stagnant and had like three posts a year in it. And it is just for garage sales, rummage sales, estate sales, church sales, like any type of in-person sale in the tri-county area so it spans about 150 miles altogether. um and i know when all the sales are happening we've grown a ton in the last year i've ran it for about two or three summers now and it's grown a ton just this winter i advertised it in all the groups and stuff and it's huge like all the sales are in there so i get first dibs on everything i sometimes message people to see if i can come and pick the night before if i'm in that area Tell us what that would look like for people who might be uncomfortable doing that. Like, what would that look like when you reach out to somebody? Yeah, I just straight up message and say, um, especially because around here, everything is so spread out. Mm -hmm. Um, So like my dad lives in Barbo, which is about half hour away. And I'll just message and say, hey, I'm going to be in Barbo. You know, I'm in the Sioux normally, but I'm going to be in Barbo tonight instead of tomorrow when your sale is tomorrow. Um, Any chance I could stop by and check out that? I, normally there's a picture and there's something, you know, I could check out that China set that you posted or something like that. I'll pick out something out of those pictures and I'll kind of have an idea ahead of time of what I want to look at. And, you know, I've already ran a couple comps based off their pictures and nine times out of 10, they say, yeah, absolutely. What time works for you? And I just get to go in their garage that is already pre-set up and spend as much time as I want, just picking stuff out. And they're, they're ready to make deals. I've went into some and it's, you know, a lot of times it's people that are, um, you know, moving to Florida. I got to get rid of everything. And yeah. 
we bring the truck. My husband loads stuff up and for a hundred bucks, I can fill up the back of my truck with, with whatever. Cause they're ready to make deals. I want to get rid that. of stuff. Yeah. You get first pick of everything. Works great. So I've only done that once. Um, and I guess because I always had this fear, like I know a lot of people put on their new early birds and they're real strict about early birds. And so I always get, I don't know if nervous is the word, but just, I guess, worry about upsetting or offending. But one thing I've learned since being in the reselling business and doing more sourcing over the last three years than I ever did before, because before I was strictly consignment. Mm -hmm. Now I'm more 95% sourcing. So I've had to grow. I mean, I can't be chicken if I'm going to get out there and get the goodies. So I did do it for one woman. Um, In fact, I was sharing this on our listing party with List Perfectly when we were talking about some of this. There was a woman who was selling um, her mother-in-law's estate who was a QVC addict. And so they put all this new tag stuff on there and stuff that I knew would sell. So I did send out a message to her to say, hey, is there any chance, you know, I'm leaving tomorrow morning? Because we were leaving to out of town, but I was able to not only go that day, but swing back by because she opened up in the end an hour earlier. So I was able to swing back by in the morning. She told me, I'll let you know if I open earlier, if you think of something else you'd like to grab. So it did work out for her. And I need to do that more often, especially like you're saying, if they put photos in, it's so much easier to do that because you can specify particular items that you can go ahead and pre, you know, research and know that it's flippable and price is right and have an idea going in what you want, you know? Yeah. And even if you don't run the, the, you know, the little Facebook group or the app or whatever, get familiar with them because A, that's where all, you're going to see all the listings. And B, my friends know that I run the group. So this weekend, I had text messages like, hey, my mom's having a sale on Kimball Street and she's got to get rid of X, Y, and Z, but I can't figure out how to post to your group or what the group is. So can you just post it instead? Had I been around this weekend, I would have said, sweet. Uh, yeah, I'll take care of that. I'll post it for, also, can I stop by <laughs> Friday night and check out what she's got? And like, so other people literally will come to me with stuff like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. So y'all just start your own online and run it and own it. And then you like, you control everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I get it. I like it. Um, so I always watch the different sellers as I know you do too because we love going on YouTube and watching all the um, sourcing influencers in the reselling world because it's a lot of fun but I always see them where a lot of them map out ahead of time exactly where they're going and how they're doing it and I find that very impressive that is the way my husband's brain works And if I didn't have such a backstock of items right now, I could really get him involved in having fun mapping out a trail every week. But right now he's trying to put the kibosh on my sourcing, which doesn't work. We can't fully end it or I would go into a deep depression, but I've put a damper on my sourcing um, for a little while as I play catch up. But I'm very impressed with those that go through and make the whole plan and get up and follow that plan. So because I live in such a rural area and everything is so spread out and we might have to travel, you know, 30 miles that day or more to hit, you know, 
10 garage sales, not even, I would say five garage sales. We're going to have to travel to get to those. Um, that was us. Even when they were all in the classifieds, I would write down every single address and then I would put them in different order, which my husband is much better at than me, but I would put them in the order so that we could make a loop and, and travel around to get to them all. So I still do the same thing. I will write down a list of what the addresses are and try to come up with the best thing. But you also have to like, especially in such a spread out area, I got to prioritize on what I want. So sometimes I'll write this list and I'll put like a keyword of like, you know, they had dog kennels or I don't know, things that we need to look for. And sometimes you have to make sure you don't put like the hunting and fishing keywords on there because then your husband's going to prioritize that a little bit differently. (laughs) And we don't really need to go to that garage sale. That's so, a very good point. Yeah. That's good so advice. If your spouse is involved and you need their help and, you know, having that part of the analytical mind, just make sure that you're maybe leaving out some of the key terms. So they do it the way you would want them to do it. Yeah. Come up with your own key term that means fishing gear. You know. <laughs> Avoid or leave for last. Right. <laughs> sorry, babe. We only have so much money left and the car is already full. So right. sorry, no room for that. <laughs> Although I have seen, um, who is it? My homeschool picker that's in uh, Kayla. Okay. Yeah. Kayla. I love Kayla. I have seen her, she and her husband get a lot of fishing reels and I'm surprised at what they found in flips. So I now look at things like that. That's why I love watching these sourcing videos. And, you know, as you know, we're dabbling into making a few ourselves. I got to get better at filming mine because I get so into shopping, I forget. And then I'm like, oh, oops, I kind of left all that out. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I, I watch and see things that they flip that I would walk by. I would never mm-hmm. look at a fishing reel before seeing Kayla and what she's done with them. Now I'm looking at fishing reels. But I think that's what's great about reselling in general is and with consignment or with getting our own stuff is everybody does different things. I don't look at fishing reels because my husband is going to buy it regardless and he's going to put it in his garage and I'm never going to get a chance to resell it. So it's just whether it's a good deal for him and eventually he'll use it, I'm sure. But yeah, we all look at different stuff. I am now looking at car parts. There are things that I am looking at trucks and stuff because I'm around my dad and my brothers who are mechanics and handymen and they know different things. So now I'm comping visors for tr- pickup trucks that I didn't even realize was a thing. Nobody I'm going to go thrifting with is ever going to look at that kind of stuff. But I'm like, did you guys see this taillight? This taillight is in great condition. <laughs> like, like, I would never, ever, ever look at that stuff, ever. Right. But auto parts are one of the biggest sellers on eBay. Yeah. Like, that's a huge category. Huge. I think it is the biggest, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. But, yeah, you shouldn't walk past that. Again, I go back to Kayla. Did you see that episode where she found all the Cadillac stuff? Yes. He has made so much money off of just, just the a Cadillac. Little sh- like, a emblems. little sh- plastic shoebox of emblems and pieces. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she made a ridiculous, now those I would not walk by. Tail light, I'm probably going to keep going. Box my brother, of- I will call my brother. And I'm like, hey, meet me on Five Mile by Nicolet because I need you to come to this barn sale and I will make him walk around with me. And- See, that's good that you've got a source like that to help you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to expand into junkyards. There's a couple junkyards up here and like um, 
Yeah, I really want to do it because he, my brother loves to do stuff like that. He used to work at a scrapyard, so he knows all about that. And I would never be able to do it without him. Like I'd walk in with a screwdriver and be like, those are, those are car pieces. Yes. But if he could walk around he'd be like, oh, Sam, this is definitely a thing. And I could run comps and stuff like while he's doing it. Oh, I want y'all to do that. The hard part is most of where I live, you can't run comps. Why no cell service? Yes. So that's another topic. Do you run comps while you are garage selling or at sales? Because I one thousand percent do, and I'm not scared about it one bit. However, there's no service in most of these places. You leave the ten mile radius of what is my town, and there's nothing for hundreds of miles. So it's not an option. I'm flying blind a lot of the time. Wow. Well, I have to tell you something Nick and I did in the beginning, because when we first started sourcing for resale and we would go to yard sales, I would get a little nervous. Like, uh, do people care if I'm a reseller? How's that going to work? Are they going to charge me more if I'm a reseller? If we haggle prices? I just am not sure. So we made this whole team plan. So Nick always plays the role, and it's pretty a, a pretty realistic role, so it wasn't hard for him to play, of the bored husband who's aggravated that his wife is shopping, and the, he's on his phone, right? So he's got his phone there, and he's pretty aggravated, and every time I pick something up and specifically say to him, hey, Nick, look at this. What do you think about that? He'll go, nah, I don't know. And then I'll put it down and he'll go on eBay and he'll do the comps to see. And then later he'll come back and go, yeah, go get that. And I'll go <laughs> grab it and go, oh, okay. So we would play these roles, you know, like he would pretend and we wouldn't want anybody to know we were comping. But then I got to the point after time to realize, and I think it might've been Pure Hustle Podcast who got me to realize this a year ago or so. And part of Ashley from AB and consignment, be proud of what you do and tell everyone, right? Yeah. The boys always said, you want them to know that you're a reseller because you can really benefit from them in the end. And a lot of times, if you have your card, leave your card, tell them to contact you at the end if there's leftover stuff and they don't want, you know, they're going to donate it or whatever to please reach out to you. So I flipped my script and I started doing that. I had to tell you, it's been beneficial across the board. I have never had anybody, you know, lift their nose up because I'm a reseller. I've never had an issue haggling prices and I don't haggle a lot of prices. I might group a bunch together and say, you know, can we do all this and take five off or whatever? But what I have done is made a lot of contacts of people, especially a couple who are reps for things. And they, when they're repping items, they have those items for a while and then they move on to the next and they got to get rid of all that, that they've used to show wholesale people to carry in their store. Well, now those people have my number. So each season, if they're done and they are going to let go of all these things, they'll hopefully grab my card and pick my number up and say, Hey, you want to come over and take a look at all this gear I've got that, you know, we're moving on to the next season on. So I highly recommend doing it. Now, do I always comp everything? No. Sometimes I grab on a whim. I grab on a feeling. I have to say being in the business for 11 plus years now, my feelings are usually pretty safe. 
um, I've gotten to where I just, you just know quality. You can you're feel You're just it a good, you're a good toucher, smeller a, kind yes. of person. You use yes. all your senses. And, I yeah. do. And I can pick something up. And even if it doesn't have a tag, I'm like, this is good quality. Or if it's a brand I've never heard of, I'm like, you know what? Throw it in the cart. The quality's too good. And then I get it home and Libby will be like, I've never heard of it. And I'm like, oh, well, these leggings are going to sell for 89 bucks. Not right. Yeah, they are, you know, um, and I do kind of like that. I think that's fun, but then I haven't been burned. I think it would hurt if you really got burned and put a lot of money into something. And now I did get burned on one of my reps okay. that I bought a bunch from, and he called me back later about this artwork and I'm still sitting on a chaton um, of kids artwork that I don't think is going to sell. I have to figure out how to move it because it's taking up a lot of space. So I did, that was a regretful buy. And I think we all go through it. I think we all, it's just how much mm -hmm. do you go through it buying a huge palette and spending a thousand dollars or buying $250 worth of kids art? Not, I mean, that was what I paid. Obviously the value retail was more, but they're not moving. They're just not. So yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is another reason why I do consignment. I mean, I do it because I don't have a lot of opportunities to source around here. But at the same time, I like the fact that I don't really have anything into it. Mm -hmm. I am going to fight like crazy to make sure I get the best prices out of everything people give me. But if they don't sell or it's just not the right thing, you're not losing after it's time is done. It's done. Yeah, it's not a big deal. You're losing your time. Right. Between, I mean, time is money, so we say, but you're not losing. I love how you rolled your eyes. You know, if Libby was here, she would say. Time is money. I know, I know, I know. But I'm like the worst when I used to do art and sell art and craft stuff and do personalized stuff for kids' bedrooms. I was the worst underpricer for my time. I just don't. Because when I enjoy something, I don't look at it as work. Right. So when you say value your time and, uh, you know, what you want, but I'm like, but it's not working. Like sourcing to me is not working. Are you kidding me? That's so much fun. So much fun. I love it. That's All what right. my husband kept saying. I went to that auction, was across the street from my house, and I creeped over there just to see what it was like. People were messaging me, why aren't you at this auction? What are you doing? So I went over there and I called my husband and I said, I have wasted over an hour here, but it's so much fun. Like, this is so cool. And he's like, well, babe, you're working. And I'm like, no, I'm supposed to be like at home listening and like actually working. And he's like, no, you're working right now. Like you're, this is your job. Enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, you know, gosh, you actually get to enjoy your job. Uh -huh. But I mean, seriously. So tell us about the auction because I've been to one. I think we talked about that back on an episode when Libby and I went to Maine and she and Avery took me to my first auction. Um, I want to hear from you, like what, what it was like, what it, what, like, were you anxious? Were you, let's I was. talk about So I have no, I, I had no idea how auctions work. I, around here, we normally have like farm auctions. So like, if you see an auction, they're auctioning like farm equipment, like tractors, tractors. <laughs> and yeah, hay rakes. And you might get a box of trinkets that somebody forgot in the barn. Like, that's it. So I've been to some as a child and I've known people that, um, my aunt's father was an auctioneer. So I was like around it a little bit as a small child, but no idea how they worked as a buyer or any of that. Yeah. Um, so it was so exciting. I have talked about this in some listing parties for List Perfectly. So if you guys are part of List Perfectly, you need to go over to listing parties. 
I may have come home a sweaty mess afterwards, dumped all my stuff on the table, turned on my computer and said, oh my God, guys, look at all this stuff and did like a live reveal right then. So I love it. You should join those. Um, I went over there and just kind of creeped over, went through the yard. It's in a really weird spot. We have a lot of construction right now. So it was, there was hardly nobody there. It wasn't planned very well. This company came from hours away and did not understand what they were walking into, I don't think. That's why um, the mask was a company run. So it was company run. Okay. Yeah. And the company seemed fantastic. Like I, the auctioneer lady was hilarious and very engaging, but there just wasn't very many people there. So from a business point of view for them, it didn't do very well. The family, I talked to them the next day and they weren't very happy with, with how it went. Um, but as a buyer, it was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. So I walked out. I just, I kind of like glanced around at the kind of stuff and said, yep, this is the kind of stuff I want. And then I went over to the table. They had a food truck set up. Oh, and nice. so, yeah. They brought this food truck with them from an hour away. These people came oh, wow. So they probably didn't make much money either. I feel bad, but um, because they set it up on the wrong street where there was construction and nobody could get to it. But uh, I walked up to the table and I just said, I've never done this before. How do I buy things? And the lady goes, I'd never been to an auction until last year. And now I work with them. They're fantastic. So she just said she needed my ID and walked me through the whole process and gave me the little card and all that stuff. Um... And then I kind of just, I was just going to watch and observe and see how the whole process worked. However, the very first thing that I was registered for and they started doing, I wanted, it was a bunch of old board games. I love old board games. Um, And they had like maybe like three or four board games. Started at like $5, nothing, went down to $2.50, nothing. So they said, okay, well, what if we add in this stack of games? They added more stuff, $5, nothing, nothing. So they added another stack of something. Stop it. And I got it all for $2 and 50 cents. Stop so, it. Oh my yeah. gosh. So I just, um, yeah, I raised my I'll little cord. It was up. so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I stayed there for almost two hours and it was nice. Cause you, this one, you could walk around and look and stuff. I know sometimes they're not like that. But you could walk around and you could open things up. You could look and and try stuff out. And um, I left when they went into the house. It was two houses. The lady owned both. And the one was just full of furniture. And then her other one still had a ton of furniture in it as well. But she literally owned the house next door, like, to fill it with more stuff. Wow. Nobody nobody lived in it. Yeah. So when they started going inside to do furniture, I, I was done with that. Um, but it was so much fun. I got... I had to go across the street and get my car and drive it around the construction to load it up because it wasn't enough to bring home at all. Like, mm-mm. so I spent twenty five fifty the first day. I went back the next day. They, the family was then there, not the company anymore. And they were just doing a make an offer sale. And I went, spent another probably hour and a half going through stuff and chatting with them a bit and um, spent another $30 there, which... I don't like making offers. That's a huge thing at garage sales and yard sales. Usually if they're making an offer, I'll walk away half the time. I do not want to make an offer. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? I made her say a price and she said $10 and I said, here's 30. Thank you. Because 
I I got some great stuff. I spent fifty five fifty total, and I already have it all listed. And Good job. It was over a thousand dollars listed. Wow. So, wow. Pretty good. Yeah. Definitely I'm worth the time. And now you're an auction person. I'm an auction person. There's so much fun. Well, I, that's I, how I felt. I was nervous as could be. And here I am with Avery, Libby's son, who's a teenager. And he's Mr. Oh, I'm a pro at this. I got this. He's He's been growing up going to auctions between Libby and his grandmother. And here I am, the adult, like shaking in my shoes. Like, I don't want to like raise my hand and scratch my nose and then tell me I just bought a thousand dollars. I don't want, you know, I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat with it, but I had picked out a lamp that I just thought that lamp is it's got value. It's a hundred percent got value. And maybe nobody here knows it because it's more of a Southern style lamp. And we were in Maine. And so I thought maybe nobody even knows the value in this. That was my hope because of the area it was being sold. Well, there was a collector and he and I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then I stopped and let him just have it. Cause I was like, I'm not going that high. Um, but you know, I just, it's like, it, there is a collector. Like, I think he was an antique dealer and he knew, he knew yeah. like I knew what it was. And I was like, dang, dang. So I didn't actually win anything at mine, but Libby did and Avery did. So they, they were successful. And based on my experience, it does not hurt to ask questions. Like the, this lady was walking around with her microphone. She had two helpers with her and she was just going, they had um, several tables just all set up and she was just going thing by thing, table by table and doing her little rounds. And she was doing like, she was trying to switch it up and keep people engaged. So she would just do like this lot of stuff for a price. And then it would be like, okay, just this one lamp oh, the lamp didn't sell. Well, let's, how about all seven of these lamps or vice versa? They try to sell seven lamps. Nope. Okay. Well, let's do one at a time. Or they do with like bidder's choice where they would put out like three vases and everybody would bid. So say the bid ended at $10. Well, you could go up and pick which vase you wanted for $10. Oh, I started, I started Googling things because I was kind of confused when I watched her do a couple of these because people would say, well, I want this one and this one. So I didn't know if that was for $10 for both of them or $10 each or like how, so I'm Googling like the way things work at auctions. And finally, I just, finally, I just asked, I bid one and it was for, um, I don't remember what it was for. Oh, some, I don't know. I bid for something. And I said, is that $10 each for them? And she said, yes, you can get one or you can get all three, but it's going to be $10 each. And I was like, okay. But then they got to this back table and they were like, uh, it was a very overwhelming table stuff piled everywhere. And she was just trying to quickly get through stuff. And she goes, well, we'll just start the bidding and whoever wins gets to pick whatever they want off this table. First, first bid get, picks an item. That's and fun. I had been looking at this pots and pan set. So I bid, I won it for, th- I won the bid for $3. And yeah. I walked up and I said, do these pots and pans count as one or do, are they individual? And she goes, they match. They're a set. You got them all for three bucks. And I walked away with, yeah, it was like a seven piece set. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> so now, it, it didn't hurt to ask questions and not be scared. Did you list those as a set or as individual? I listed them as a set because they're not marked. Okay. 
there's no marking on them at all. They're clearly old and they're very good quality and they look like new, but mm-hmm. I'm worried that people aren't going to be able to find them in a search as far as like, they're not replacements to like, you know, right. this brand's lid or this brand's whatever. So I just put in them as a lot because they all match and stuff. And awesome. I don't know. We'll see. It's an experiment. Awesome. So that's the auction experience, which you guys keep an eye on our YouTube channel because um, I did text Samantha because she texted us during the time that she was there. And I texted her and said, make sure you take video. Um, so she did share some video that I'm going to edit into a fun auction sourcing video so you can see her experience. I am I have yet to watch them myself because we've just all been a little crazy busy right now. So I'm, I'm so great. So, I know you're important. I promise I'm going to do them. I promise. Um, All right, so we talked auction, we talked yard sale, other places that we source. I know my favorite, which I don't know if I should admit this to you, but I'm thinking I'm running there in a few minutes, is to source consignment shops. I've said this before because everything that they have in there has already been through the vetting process. They have checked for holes and stains and whatnot. They're typically decent brands at that point. And a lot of consignment shops do a discount schedule. Mm-hmm. So I will watch some items and go, oh, I like that and wait until it goes 70, 80% off, whatever. Everybody has their, their percentage they take off. Some take 80, some take 70. It just depends. So one of my favorites here local, that's about five minutes from my house, just texted me yesterday that they're 70% started. So I do want to go look. I'm not buying. I promise, Samantha, Uh I'm not going to buy a ton of stuff. I'm going to be very specific with shoes, handbags, that kind of thing, because they do get some good quality there and they can get, I can get really good prices. So I don't want to miss out. I missed out on their last one because I was out of town. Y'all, bigger profit margins you gotta yes, be able to get a big return on them yes ma'am so okay. y'all, if you again i know we've talked about listing party a couple of times today but i just think because we just left one a little while ago samantha i always said i was sourcing this weekend but yet i had a samantha on my shoulder going what are you doing don't you get that junk Um, because she knows how much I still have to list and wants me to finish my money mountains before I add to them. Mm -hmm. And I do agree and I appreciate, but I can't, I literally would go into a depression if I didn't go for little things every now and then. So I do, but in the listing parties, everybody has a Samantha on their shoulder. It's really funny because when I said that, can't remember who was it, Vanessa. I don't remember who put in the comments. I had a Samantha on my shoulders too. Christy, <laughs> yes. That's right. She gets a Samantha on her shoulder when she sources. But it's good. It's good to have somebody keep you accountable and make you think about, because you can go into those places. And when you're getting quality goods for less than a thrift store at a consignment shop, mm-hmm. it's easy to go crazy. It's easy to lose your mind and go, oh, but I can't walk. I can't pass this up. Yes, actually, you can. You can <laughs> because there's going to be more than that sale they have. And you're never going to not be able to source something to make money off of. And I have to remind myself that. And that's why I love that Samantha sits on my shoulder when I'm sourcing because I've got to face her personally, <laughs> either later that day or the following day. <laughs> 
And I am brutally honest sometimes. I cannot, cannot hold things back. And so I will always tell her what I did. And I know when I'm sourcing that I'm going to have to tell her. So I better be careful what I get. So yes, my husband's downstairs working and he doesn't know yet that I plan to run over and soon as I get done with this and do a little quick sourcing. Um, I love it when we do video later on, you'll be like, so I have a confession. I went to a sale and I did a thing, but like, look how cute it is. Like, this is going to be, this is going to be a thing. Like, this is adorable. But she'll have walked past that. No, no. <laughs> I know. I always have to sell it. I always have to sell it. If I'm not, so I'm not listing it yet, but I'm selling it to you to let you know it was the right thing. Right. So consignment sales, consignment shops are my big thing. Um, you know, when Libby and I were in the storefront, we had a discount schedule too. And a lot of people loved to follow the discount schedule. Uh, you do the, the good thing about as a sourcing person following a discount schedule, if something sells that you had your eye on, it's no big deal. The problem with a customer who's following the discount schedule, a lot of times our big saying was you snooze, you lose. Like it would be 20% off, but they would wait because they wanted the next date change to get 40% off or whatever the next, you know, scale drop was and it would sell and they would miss yeah. out. And they'd come in and be like, oh, my gosh, but I wanted that Harley jacket. Well, you snooze, you lose. You got to grab it when you see it. So I used to live by you snooze, you lose. But now that I'm sourcing, it's different with those sales. I don't feel that, you know, oh, gosh, I missed out because there's always other good stuff, too. So, yeah. Um, and before we move from that, I always also remind people, yes, these things are pre-vetted and looked at before they go on the consignment shop's floor, but still look it over because people do try the things on and they might pop a button when they're trying it on. They might get their makeup on the collar. Things do happen after, you know, their kids are in there and they touch chocolatey fingers. So I don't fully relax that it's all mint condition. I do still do a once over because there have been times where I have gotten something home from a consignment shop and been like, oh my gosh, totes missed that, you know. So do you bring stuff up to the front of the store where the, the natural light is and look at things in the window? I will do that. Yes. And so I do it twice too. So I'll go over it like on the floor when I'm doing it. But the, especially this particular one, they actually will come over multiple times and clear my hands and put it on a save rack for me and they tie it all together with my name. So then when I go back over there before checking out, I will hold each piece up and determine then, am I going to definitely get it? You know, is this really something I want? And I'll put stuff back or if it has a stain or something, I'll hand it over to them and say, I don't know if you saw this, but you know, mm -hmm. um, so I do actually go over them twice. I have two different times I do. And I do that at the bins and places too. I will fill my cart. We kind of do a cursory look over at that point, but then before I check out, I find a corner, a place to sit or somewhere, even if I'm standing and my husband and I, if he's with me, we will go through both together front yeah. and back and then move on. So yeah, I mean, we've all been shot in the foot for that over and over again. I can't imagine there's any reseller who sources that hasn't gotten home and went, oh my gosh, you know, you lose money. You, you're you going to. It's it's a given. Mm -hmm. so. All right, other sourcing spaces, Samantha. Other ways. Well, I would say that church rummage sales are my absolute favorite. 
because so I talked about how I don't like making offer things. Mm -hmm. However, church trauma sales are always by donation and they're happy to get whatever they can get. And they always have the little old ladies that are just donating, you know, their stuff from their closets and stuff. That's where I find like the Lennox figures and just, there's so many great things, silver sets and stuff like that. And they're happy with like, you give them a $20 bill and they're like, oh my God, this is so great. I mean, I try to give them an appropriate amount, but I don't feel bad. Like I'm not going to offer them enough because it is truly all donated items and they just want it to go towards whatever their mission is for that sale. So I love a good church rummage sale. You know, I have not sourced a church rummage sale since I've been a, a full, a full-time serious sorcerer. I have not. Oh, they're fun. I need to start looking for those ads. Like what? So my, I find my yard sales and things in our next door app is usually where they are store app and you'll see them or a lot of times we're just driving I mean our neighborhood we have three big neighborhoods that all connect with each other actually there's four there's no and they all connect so you'll see signs everywhere and we'll go oh let's go check it out real quick um but I guess what where would I look for those I mean I look in my garage sale group on Facebook. I don't have a spot for that are you saying I have to start one I don't have to ain't nobody got time for that um like marketplace used to be really like facebook used to be really easy to say like garage sales near me or rummage sale near me or but now i feel like their searches are kind of all over the place so i'll go back and play around with that too i haven't looked there in time nobody uses next door here so i signed up for it it's empty See, we have a lot that use it. Unfortunately, a lot of people use it for the wrong reasons. They think it's a social media gripe pad. And I, so I don't spend a lot of time on it. The only time I go on is if I'm looking, I decide we're home for a weekend. It would be a good weekend to hit a garage sale, but I don't get onto it for any other reason. Cause it just, it's just a bunch of unhappy people. So yeah. I don't, I don't need that. Um, but I do sure. use it for yard sales and garage sales for sure. It's been so speaking day. of apps, I believe it was Thrifter Sifter that posted recently the Freebie Alert app, which I have used for years. And I didn't realize that other people didn't know about this app. So it is a free app, Freebie Alert. And all it does is it has Facebook Marketplace and a couple other like Nextdoor and a couple other apps on there where mm-hmm. when someone posts something for free, like truly this is a come pick this up. It's at the curb free item. And I don't know what AI they use to determine. Mm-hmm. I don't get a ton of notifications. It's not like I open it up and go, oh, that's not really free. They just worded it wrong or mm-hmm. it's pretty accurate. Okay. But I will get no, it's like a first dibs thing. Like, hey, this, somebody just posted on Facebook marketplace. Hey, somebody just posted on next door, a free item. And it like just gives you a notification right away. So you can check and see if that's something that you want to run over and grab off the curb. Wow. See, I didn't know about that. I don't have that on my phone. Yeah, it's great. Nick is not going to be happy that you're telling me this. What is the name of it again? (laughs) I'm not going to be happy that I'm telling you this. The freebie alert app. Now you can't be upset if it's, if it's, if it's free now, come on. Let's talk real quick about thrift stores, Goodwill and the bins. We'll talk about Mm -hmm. that real quick. Um, I have lucky enough, I think, because I hear a lot of people that don't have a bins in my town, in my city, not far from me. We also have probably seven or seven or eight retail stores all around. It's nice. I love that. I have my couple of favorites, 
Um, one I know I go into often and find goodies like McKinsey Child's um, ceramics for 99 cents that I'll turn and flip for 120. Um, there tend to be that neighborhood tends to be the people that sort that donate there. And there is a donation drop at that spot. So a lot of people in that neighborhood, that's just where they drop. So I know that's a goodie for stuff like that. You know, you kind of get to know those. Um, I used to be really bad about going in and thinking that I had to grab everything that was any kind of decent. And I used to fill my cart to overflowing. Literally one time, it literally fell over onto the floor. And these women are like, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes. And I had to repack it all back in. And it took me probably an hour to check out. I have grown from that. I am not the greedy grabber anymore. I know that I, I, since I've upped my value of where I want my sales price to be, I am much pickier. We, we have a Goodwill here, a Salvation Army, mm-hmm. a Habitat that I do not count because it is ridiculously overpriced and they only take a really weird amount of stuff. So there's, there's con- the normal construction stuff and then there's like a weird glassware section. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a very tiny, 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 tiny church thrift store. Tiny. It's the size of my living room, which is tiny. <laughs> and I was in there the other day. They have fantastic prices. Like it's $5 or less on everything. Like I can go in and get brand name sweatshirts and, and I get a lot of collegiate stuff there. And we're in a university town. So I get that kind of stuff, a dollar mm-hmm. a piece or 50 cents or I, it's fantastically priced. Um, but I was in there the other day, chit-chatting with the ladies that are working. In comes somebody doing donations, which they don't take donations very often. But it was the person working there. It was a family member or something. And here comes all the volunteers then going through all the stuff. And by the time it's done, and even I I was shopping at the time, I started going through it. By the time it was done, there was like three things to put on the floor. Because everybody grabbed what they wanted. Because she brought in like four boxes worth of stuff. Everybody went through it and did whatever. And yeah, so I think that could also be part of the thing is if, you know, I didn't think about that through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure there are rules against that at Goodwill. I would think they probably yeah. have some rules. So, so my yeah. aunt worked at Goodwill for one of the, I was her guardian. It was one of those programs for the, the specialty people. And I love our Goodwill for that program. They have fantastic programs sure. to better give people working skills. I don't necessarily agree with their pricing or whatever they're doing in their stores, but the program behind the scenes is fantastic for Northern Michigan. So she would, you couldn't buy things unless it had been on the floor for at least a week. That was their rule for all of their employees. She wasn't supposed to, but she would call me with some things. Now, granted, she has the mentality of a seven-year-old, so there wasn't always the greatest things, but she would call me with some, I got some fantastic furniture. Our be big beautiful immaculate dresser came from there many years ago and she called me and said this just went out and you need to see it and we went up to humor her and look at it and it was fantastic but she never should have told me that they are not they're very tight-lipped and they yeah they have they cannot take anything home or use their discount or anything on it unless it's been out there for at least a week at least for ours yeah That's good to know. I figured there had to be something like that out there and done, you know, because otherwise all that good stuff would never make it on the floor. 
Right. But that's only for big corporate ones. You got these little ones and they got volunteers and they're doing whatever. Oh, I'd pay a dollar for that. And they're grabbing it. And next thing you know, the mom that is running the thing is forking out 20 bucks for all this new stuff that just came in instead of putting it on the floor for other people to get. So that is true. I did not either way, they're making their money, but it's no, Correct. the public isn't seeing it. Correct. On our vacation, we just did the one in Columbus or right outside of Columbus, Ohio. And it was very nice and very well very well run. Um, What I like about the one in Charlotte, that this one and the one in Greensboro, the one in Columbus and Greensboro doesn't do, I haven't been to one that does it except Charlotte, is they actually have shelving along the walls and all of their home goods go on shelving and all of their shoes go on shelving. That would be nice. Yeah, because when we were in Columbus this weekend, I mean, Nick was in the shoes and found some amazing shoes, only it was a shoe. Yep. We had five that were a shoe, not the shoes. And we went through bin beyond, we just couldn't find them. I mean, they just weren't there. Whether somebody picked it up, drove it around and then left it in a clothing bin somewhere is probably at the bottom of a bin, the matches, but they were not in the shoe bins at all. And that happens. And I always advise people, don't spend too much time looking. Like typically if the shoe bins are in a line and you start at the one that's at the head of the store and you find something without a match, when you those typically I find end up being either in the one right there next to it or in the very end. Because one, somebody just tosses it into the bin next to it mm-hmm. or they find the one and not the other and get all the way to the end and go, yeah. well, I didn't find a match and they drop it in. But I always have Libby on my other shoulder telling me when I start searching for a match for a shoe, time is money. And if I spend too many times going through each one digging, is that shoe in the end going to be worth it if I find the match? Probably. I believe it's Kristen, a rural squirrel, and she will have her cart and she will just have those one piece shoes right in the front where everybody can see them. So she'll have like a cowboy boot that's clearly like no other cowboy boot. Right. And she will walk around and somebody else will go, oh, I had the other cowboy boot. And then they have to go back and forth as to who's going to get those shoes. But I'll give you this match for that match. <laughs> yes. So if she goes around the whole store and doesn't find it, then same thing. Like, okay, never mind. Or But normally she ends up finding some other crazy person that wanders around right. with one shoe. <laughs> Right. I've actually had people help me find a match, which I thought was super nice. You know, they were going through the shoes across from me and I had a woman here in Greensboro say, oh, are you looking for a match for that? And I said, yes, I am. And she said, well, let me see it. And I said this, she goes, okay. And then a few minutes later, she goes, I think I found your match, you know, and she, while she was looking for her stuff would find it. I mean, we do have, I have to say, I've had a lot of nice people in the Greensboro and our local one, a lot of really nice people. I mean, I- so that brings me to another kind that I forget about. And I guess this kind of classifies, it's not a thrift store, but I do call it the bins of Sault Ste. Marie. We have one of those like overstock Amazon type places. It's very small. It's about half the size of our Goodwill, but it's in the same complex as Goodwill. So you kind of stop at both. Right. And it used to be called quarter to five. So they would start at $5 on Saturday when their trucks came in. And then it would just decrease a dollar a day and it would eventually get to a quarter by Friday. And I used to go in a lot on quarter days and just find little things like pillowcases and um, garden bags. I was ready to say that to you because we have one 
I could walk two down the street and they do that same, but on the last day before they take the two days off to restock, they do $2 a bag in the afternoon of last day. So they give you those huge outdoor bags and you can fill the bag as long as it can tie. And I mean, it could be the tiniest knot. You pay $20 for that whole bag. It's $20. That's like two or 20. Twenty dollars $20 for the entire bag. And I've done, Nick and I have both done that. We both went in one time and each filled a bag. But yeah. pillowcases are crazy. I mean, even Libby's like, I cannot believe how much, how many pillowcases you're selling. And yeah. they're just square, like 18 by 18, 20 by 20. They are, y'all, they are the easiest things to list. Yeah, and- that's, I was gonna say, I would fill up one large bag on 25 yeah. cent day and it would be yeah. about 20, 21 dollars. Yeah. yeah. He'd be like, you just spent 13 cents an item, whatever it was. He would always find out how much we spent per item. But those pillowcases are crazy. Yeah. So, and the the things that they get in, like they always have pillowcases. And, but some of the things like come in waves, like there was one winter, it was like December and it was all bikinis and swimsuits. And they were like cup she and like then some Amazon brands and stuff, but they're all brand new. They had the matching stuff. You do sometimes have to check sizes because some of it are Amazon returns. They're good, they're just right. clean pallets of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like don't buy a pair of shoes without making sure they're a left and a right they and the same are. size. <laughs> but uh yeah, now they've upped their prices. So the beginning of their week is eight dollars and it goes down to 50 cents, I believe. So still not terrible. And um my friends and I used to have a standing Friday date where we would go in there and we would shop for a couple hours and I would come home usually about $20 worth of stuff, a bag or two of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when the border opened back up and the Canadians came back over, it's a little harder to do, but that's what made me think of it was we, you would, I would be like swimsuits. Okay. And I would start filling a bag with swimsuits because yep. I know on eBay, those are going to sell any time of year, especially if I'm only going to list them for like $12 or whatever. Right. Right. And, and again, they're easy lists. Yeah. Nobody else around here cares about swimsuits in December because they're not going to be able to use those swimsuits until July. So nobody else cared, but they would, oh, found another swimsuit. Oh, found another swimsuit. Oh, and I had almost everybody there looking for whatever I wanted that week. And nice. Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. Water filters. Fun. There was one time water filters for like all kinds of fridges really? and whatever. I made a killing on those, but apparently some of them are Vero's. So they were all like Amazon brands. Some of them were Frigidaire and stuff, but you have to be very careful. If it says fits a Frigidaire X, Y, Z, whatever, you you sometimes can't put that in your listing or Frigidaire will get mad and they will Vero you. Oh, so, really? I mm-hmm. didn't know this. I had to stop with the water filters. So I would say the other thing I found that I won't do anymore either there, just a little FYI, is electronics because I did buy electronics. Now, ours, there's actually a testing station. You can go stand in line and wait in line and they will unbox it and test it for you. Great. right? And then you can decide if you want it. Well, number one, I'm not staying in that line at that point because I'm using every bit of energy I have stuff in my bags. I'm not going to stand in that line. But I actually found a couple of things that worked when I had them, but by the time they shipped, they weren't working. Mm -hmm. I found that the electronic things that I had from there, the majority of them came back. 
And so I'm not messing with those anymore. I'm telling you, I'm a pillowcase girl. Right? That is what I'm sticking with. I It's so easy, easy to store, easy to ship, easy to sell. I, I'm out now. I mean, I need to go. In fact, I think today is their day. I got to go. You're going to kill me. <laughs> I got stuff to do. I got to go. And I still got to edit videos to be out. Um, yeah. So that was a good one. I'm glad you remembered that. I forgot about that because I was going every week or every other week filling yeah. bags. And then I stopped for a while because I needed to catch up. And then I just forgot and quit going. So I have consigners that work there. An employee benefit is that they get to pick like five or 10 items every week right off the truck, as long as they retail value for less than a hundred dollars, because they want to leave the big, big stuff out. I mean, they get drones and and whatever. So as long as it retails for a hundred dollars, they can pick five and I think managers can pick 10 because I have I have a couple that can sign with me oh. and uh, they will just bring stuff like once a month. They will drop off a bag of stuff and it is That's brand right. new stuff that they have got from there and they're not out any money and I'm you know, right. so we're splitting it. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Nice. So get in with your yeah. employees of all of these stores. All right. Well, that's what I need to do. I need to get to know the employees and say, hey, hey, you and me, <laughs> we're friends now. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to mention real quick, because I know I think we've talked about pretty much everything. Um, I wanted to touch base real quick because now I'm anxious to go sourcing. Look at what you've done to me. This is your fault, Samantha, your fault. But I want to talk about, you know, that my addiction and of course, this addiction is partially your fault because you told me that I needed to watch the sourcing videos on YouTube to help control my personal need to source. I did. Well, I'm not thinking that's really working well because it's just making me want to be at these yard sales with them and I'm missing out on stuff. So anyway, but I wanted to talk about like etiquette because Nick and I talk about this often too. Like we see people that just don't have good etiquette. And a lot of times, unfortunately, it's the resellers. And y'all, y'all don't need to give us a bad name. Mm -hmm. Just be nice. Just be nice. It's kind of like I'm saying, if you don't see it and you don't get it and somebody else beats you to it or they say they don't have it, move on. There's going to be something somewhere else. Don't fight for it. Don't argue for it. Don't don't do any of that. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. There's enough out in the world for all of us to be successful resellers. Plenty. Too much. Too much out there. But I was watching um, NC Picker in the car on the way home from vacation because, of course, I got to watch sourcing videos. And he did one where this guy was so aggressive at a garage sale that it made me so uncomfortable watching it. And I couldn't even hear a lot of it because he had walked further away with the video cam on. But this woman, it was an older woman and her husband wasn't there. And this guy literally was going in. She had everything out in the yard and a table set up at the line of the garage. Well, he was going into her garage trying to get, well, do you have anything else? Do you have any, do you have any of this? No, I don't. What's out is out. What's out? Like it kept going on until he was literally climbing over opening buckets of theirs in their garage going, well, what about this? Is there any of that? And she was saying, I don't, 
I'm not ready to sell any of that. I'm not ready to. And I felt really sorry for her. And then he was like, um, you know, she finally said, I am just not comfortable with you going through my husband's items. And he finally shut the top and moved on. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, do you step in on that or do you let it go? Like, you don't know lately with the way people can react. But I felt really bad for her and thought this here is a reseller out there giving resellers a horrible name. And I felt horrible for that woman. So I just thought we should touch a little on etiquette, y'all. Just, you know, we all need to wear be kind shirts. Just be kind. Be kind. And I've said before that I will educate someone if they say, oh, that's selling for $100 on eBay. I will show them like, actually, they're listed for $100. They mm-hmm. only sell for about 25 Like, I will show them that. But don't be mean about it. Don't be the right. one. I have to check myself on this sometimes because I will be going through and don't be the one that's like, oh, really? They want $30 for that? Like, that's not even close to, or that's never gonna just keep your mouth shut, think it in your head, walk around the place. If if they're not open to negotiation or you're not in that, then go away. There's plenty of other sales. There's plenty of other spots. There's no point in standing there and belittling somebody or arguing with them. Correct. I think it's a pretty good sign when you walk up to a yard sale and they have the printouts of a listing of those items on eBay. It's a pretty good sign at that point that you just need to move on to somewhere else. Our Habitat for Humanity does that too. Yeah. I mean, but you know what they're doing and what they're going for. And it's, you know, as a reseller, it's not going to work out in your favor. Well, like you say, just, just move on. Yep. Just move on. I mean, that right there is the big red flag telling you these people are not going to be what a reseller needs. Somebody else and their neighbor, a neighbor's going to walk up and they may love it and pay that for it. But as a reseller, we're not going to buy that. We're not going to pay for that. Also, you probably don't want to give them your card and tell them that you do consignment because they will have unrealistic expectations. That is what we call a red Very flag for a consigner. And you don't want those people because... They probably aren't comping appropriately. They're probably going to check everything that you do or list. They're probably going to ask a lot of questions, watch things like a hawk. And you don't want that. You want people that are going to give you things and trust that you know what you're doing to do it. Correct. That is a very good point, Samantha. Very good point. I like that. Because I've been tempted. They usually have great stuff. They're just not in the right market. Mm -hmm. But they have unrealistic expectations already. And that's probably not going to change at the flip of a switch. So no. don't put yourself through it. Because again, there is so much out there and so many people who will be amazing consigners or so many wonderful places to thrift and get the deals that you need. Don't put yourself through it. Just don't. Yep. Don't put them through it. Don't put yourself through it. Smile and wave. Smile and wave. That's all you got to do is smile and wave. And say, I hope you have a successful day today and move on, Mm -hmm. right? So that being said, Samantha, I'm going to have to cut this sourcing video off now. We could chat forever. First of all, yeah, I mean, this is my jam. We could talk sourcing all day, but I need to go source. I'm sitting here right now thinking, oh my gosh, it's after how many items have I missed in the 70% off sale already? Somebody's gone in and snagged. Just remember, you have to call and confess to me later. I will. I'm going to be good. You're right here on my shoulder. Okay. So I'm going to go, but until next time. Cheers. Cheers. 
Thanks for joining Libby, Molly, and Samantha, the ladies of Consignment Chats, as we build a resourceful community of collaborative resellers. Find all the ways to connect with us on consignmentchats.com. Episodes are available on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts. In addition, join our free private Facebook community.